1: Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today, I'm with a buddy, man, Dan Laurie. What's up, Dan?
0: What's going on, Brett? How
1: are you? Good. How are you? Doing great. It's good to have you. Yep. You are a senior wealth advisor with Visionary Wealth Advisors. Man, you got a certified financial planning degree, CFP. Yep. You got your MBA. Yep. You've got your RICP, which is Retirement Income Certified Professional. Yes, sir. You've got a bachelor's in finance. You've got a minor in accounting. I think you're made to be this guy man that's right that's it's right. It's awesome well thanks for being with us we're gonna talk about education planning today we're gonna to talk about some things maybe you and I do for our kids you've got sure. three boys I've got four boys yeah it's just crazy at your house I'm assuming
0: it is yeah we've got a five three and one year old at home and so there's never a dull moment I think uh, you know some days are gosh they're just amazing and then other days we, we struggle a little bit but yeah <laughs> we're we're in that workload phase right now right. so it's there they're a ton of fun and they bring us a lot of joy yeah.
1: I don't know about you, but uh, yours are a little younger than mine. But you know, you're running around; it's chaotic, and then it's like, yeah. don't you sometimes just like, I want some peace and quiet at night right That's before right. bed? But she's right. like, you just got to hit the bed and <laughs> get right to sleep, and and next thing you know, you do it all over again. But That's it's right. fun. So, what we'll to get all the boys together sometime and let them just, you know. Bounce off the walls or something. You sure you
0: want that chaos? No, I
1: don't. <laughs> we just did our playroom. We took all the, like the little kid stuff out and yeah. now it's empty and it's basketball hoops. And now they're just dunking and beating the crap out of each other. That's so awesome. It's nuts. So. Um, <laughs> Well, you are a volleyball stud, is yeah. what I'm going to call you. You're yeah, a French sure. planning stud. Yep. Uh, your wife is a volleyball stud. Yes. Um, and just an overall great person, Colleen. Uh, you guys are both in your university's uh, Hall of Fame for volleyball. Yeah. And you also run uh, Edge BVC, so Edge Beach Volley club, Volleyball Club, right? Yeah. So tell us about that.
0: Yeah. So we just, we started it a few years ago. You know, my wife and I played volleyball in college and we just fell in love with the sand side. So sand being two on two, you know, sand doubles, like you would see on TV in the Olympics and, you know, indoor, you can get away with just being good at one skill, right? You can, you can be a good blocker, hitter, things like that. Whereas outdoor, you've got to do everything well. You've got to pass, you've got to set, you've got to hit, you can't really hide out there. And so for us, we just found Nobody in St. Louis was doing it to a high level. It's the fastest growing NCAA sport. And we said if we can help kids get to college and and just get better at the sport, it's something that we love and we're passionate about. We found it after college. And so we've we've been pretty successful and we've we've done we've done well in tournaments. And so we just felt like we had a lot to offer that nobody else in St. Louis was was offering at that point. So yep. we started the club and the last two years we've helped you know, five kids get offers to go play in college, which is wow, cool. That's a big deal. So, yeah. how
1: many kids of yours are on the team again? So uh, we, right. it's... no, I'm saying your actual children. Oh, none. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this, this is what I love about our culture, right? Is so many people are doing things for the community. It's one yeah. of our values as, as a firm. Yep. And, and I just love the fact. And I was thinking about it as I was prepping for today, is the fact that you and Colleen give your blood, sweat, and tears to this beach club. Yeah. You have no children on there, right? You have nope. no dog in this hunt, other than you just want to give back. To the community and to to a sport that you guys love. Yeah,
0: appreciate that. Yeah,
1: so so good for you, man. Um, So your mission, I know you have a very clear mission on why you do what we do for a living and why you serve the clients that you serve. Talk to us about that.
0: Sure, yeah. So I would say my mission is to be a positive guiding influence in people's lives, to love them and to serve them. And uh, for me, it's just... I think about that every day. How do I be positive? Right? So, positive, I want to guide people. So, if it's in the volleyball side or if it's on the, on the planning side, so a positive guiding influence in people's lives. And I think that's what we're called to do, right? I mean, you, you could look at it from a biblical sense, or, or, you know, we're called to love people and to serve them. And yeah. so, I think from my standpoint, when I'm saying that, it always puts me in the right mindset of just, hey, we want to take care of our clients, we want to put their interests first as a fiduciary. You know, when I'm thinking about these kids and they have different problems, it's it's how do we how do we just love on people and serve them? And I think that that mindset, you know, has served me well over time.
1: So I know, again, we're going to talk about kids stuff in college and all that. But you said a word there, the, the fiduciary words so that that word gets thrown around a lot. Um, but again, I know it's something that you're very passionate about. So talk to us about that. Why are you passionate about it? What does it mean? Yeah,
0: i think it's just truly doing what's in your client's best interest because you look at it and there's two different ways of thought there right there's a suitability right versus uh the fiduciary concept and so suitability just says hey I, I, as long as it's suitable for my client yeah if there's a if there's a lower cost product that's fine but as long as it's you know if i can prove that this was suitable then you know we can still sell it to them. versus the fiduciary say hey what's the best possible option for my clients at the lowest cost and, and taking, you know, our compensation or anything else out of it. And you just say, Hey, what's in the best interest of my client. So I think that we're, we're truly doing that on a daily basis and, and, you know, taking all the conflicts of interest out and just say, Hey, wh- what's in their best interest. And again, if we go back to that mission and say, hey, I'm just loving people and I'm serving them, it take me out of it. Right. And for me, I always talk about being a consultant I say, here's, here's the options, right? What do you want to do? It's your plan. It's not my plan. So I think for me, it's, it's just more of well, here's the options you guys choose. It's your plan. Yep. So,
1: so let's talk about that planning on the on the education side. So again, you got three boys. I got four boys. Uh, lots of planning going on in our world. Yeah. Um But there's something that you and I were talking about uh, maybe a week or two ago at our mastermind group. But we, we talked about you talked about the jars. Yeah. Right. You have this sure. thing that you do. Uh, with jars. Maybe it came from a book. Maybe it's your and Colleen's idea, but talk yeah. to me about that.
0: Yeah. So there's this book. It's actually called the opposite of spoiled. It's raising kids who are grounded, generous, and smart about money. And I read it a couple years ago and it was just a game changer for me. It was interesting, you know, just talking about it. They have three jars that they say it's a give jar, a save jar and a spend jar. Right. And so having, so whatever age your kid is giving them 50 cents to a dollar per their age and then putting it in these jars. So easy math, your kid's five, you give them $2 and 50 cents or five bucks a week and they get to distribute it to those jars. If they're 10, they get, you know, $5 or $10 a week and they get to put it in those jars. And so I think early on you tell them here's how much we're going to put in each jar. But then over time you start to have that conversation. Okay, how much do you want to put in the give jar? How much do you put in the save? How much in the spend? And it's just like, it sounds, it's a give jar would be giving money away to charity, right? The spend jar would be, if we go to the store, they're no longer asking me if I can have it. I say, how much is in your spend jar, right. right? If it's a save jar, it's we're saving for a bigger purchase. And it's just been really cool because it's created conversations with, you know, with our oldest son. Now, the other thing would be waiting till they're a certain age where they get it. My three-year-old doesn't get it yet. Right. But, but when they turn four and he would say in there in that book is that first grade would be the latest you would want to wait. And so we started with our four-year-old and it's been kind of cool. You know, even recently he he had like 30 bucks in there and he bought a couple stuffed animals. We kept coaching him, like, dude, you've got a million stuffed animals. You don't need any more. Right, exactly. And so it's frustrating from that regard. And then he's buying stupid st- st- things that we would think are silly. Right. But then, you know, now he's got eight bucks in that jar and he's saying, I really want this dinosaur blanket. Well, how much is it? Well, it's 12 bucks. So, okay, you get two bucks in your spend jar every week. So you got to wait two more weeks. So it also talks about delayed gratification, yeah. right? So now we're delaying... That thing that he really wants, and you can go back and talk to him and say, if you wouldn't have spent it on these these stuffed animals, you got a million of, well then, you know, you would have had the money for that, but now you've got to wait a couple yeah. weeks. And so it's, I think it's frustrating at times. And um, you know, my wife has had some pushback on that that he can buy the stuffed animals, but like we got to let them fail. We got to let them fail when the amounts are small, so that way when they get bigger and they've got their own money, that that they figure it out. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's huge too what you said, the delayed gratification, right? Because yeah. Our kids and my oldest is fourteen years old, and and even my thirteen, my nine year old, you know, they they get it. And heck, even my five year old now, because he's got big brothers. They understand you can hit like one button and it's here like tomorrow, right? So it's like
0: you did that with a book recently. I I mean, you ordered it like five o'clock that night, and it was here at ten o'clock the next day. It's amazing.
1: It's nuts. And so I think we are in a generation where these children, the ones that you and I, our generations are raising, yeah, is that like I order it and it's here tomorrow. Yeah. And it's only going to get faster, right? Yep. So I think if we can educate uh-huh. them, we do something similar. I think, I can't even remember the name of the app. Um, and we're not perfect at it and do it every week, but it's, it's one of those things. They actually have a credit card yeah, and it's got their name on it. So they think that's kind of cool. They carry it with them, sure. but it goes same thing. And so we have all these chores in our house listed, uh, you know, walk the dog, uh, take out the trash, uh, sure. do the recycle, whatever it may be. And there's a dollar value to those. So you get up in the morning, you get ready for school, You can go downstairs and start to earn some money. Yeah. Right. You come in, you got to approve it. Mom or dad have to approve it on their phone. And then, boom, the money goes straight to our deal. And you can buy stocks. You can do whatever you want to do. That's awesome. uh, With that money. So, very similar. I think it's good to educate our kids. You know, I was raised by a banker. I remember my dad walking me into a bank, uh, I don't know, 11, 12 years old, probably, and saying, here's a savings account. Yeah. Right. And here's what it's going to do and start to put money into that thing. Yeah. So,
0: one well, another cool story from that too is Dan Kleinert is an advisor in our firm and you just we just actually did um, a little banquet for them recently because you gave some money, you know, okay. Swing for Hope gave some money to his sister and so I just remember that that story last year of him telling us that one of his nephews went into remission for the second time, right? And it just so what they decided to do was have a, you know, a, a event for them and daniel got a dunk tank and they had stuff at their house and so they raised a significant amount of money but i just thought maybe this would be a cool thing for Everett to be able to give money to Hey, he's got 50 bucks in that jar it was almost a year he hadn't done anything with it and i just explained the scenarios i said hey this this little boy's he's got cancer right and it's come back a few times and he's really sick and i just explained the gravity of it and i said mommy and daddy gave some money to it is that something that you would want to Want to give money toward and he said yeah and so one thing they talk about in the book is being able to have them go and if it's a charity give it to that program director to be able to have the money hand it to them and that way they they feel you know they they get to feel it themselves and so i went in the office with him one day explained the scenario to daniel and uh and maybe i remember it more than he does but to be able to see him hand that 50 bucks over and daniel showed him pictures he said thank you you know he just to see that conversation was was pretty cool, and so I don't know what comes of it, but I think if we can do that more consistently, he gets to choose what charities he wants to give money to, and then gets to hand it to people and see it yeah. work in action. Hopefully, they're more generous. You know, he, he just pays attention to that stuff yeah. more over time.
1: Well, it is funny because to your point there, it made me think of something. Um, my my oldest got a bunch of gift cards for his birthday. He was going to go, buy he likes you know. He, sports and uh, but he loves the piano and guitar and all this stuff and he wanted this big electric piano and those yeah. you know they're not cheap right yeah. but he got a bunch of money from grandma and grandpa we threw in some money and but we gave him the cash right versus the credit cards yeah. it was my, I wasn't there my wife was telling me about this it was he goes in and he's actually going to he's thinking differently now because he's physically holding this cash yeah right and he and he went down a notch and still got a great you know electric piano but it made him think yeah right so I don't know. I just think it's good for our listeners to hear different ideas and strategies and things people want in our industry are doing. Sure. People are in the same boat as them, right? Sure. We, we got kids. We're, it's crazy busy life, but we got to educate them because the world, does, I don't think the education system teaches people about money like they should so no
0: no so that book's been good and I think another one for some of the listeners too I think you and I do this every day right I'm in my 11th year of doing it you're in you know 20 almost 20 yeah. almost 20 years now another book that I that I read is making your kid a money genius even if you're not and I think you know for us this is a little bit more second nature we've been doing it for so long but for for most people out there they just they haven't spent as much time as we have you know doing this and so it's got a lot of good stuff whether it be insurance or investments, Roth IRAs versus IRAs, HSA. I mean, it explains all those differences out there. And so that was a book that I think it was a little bit more second nature to me, but for most folks, it would provide a lot of good info.
1: That's awesome. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, you know 529 plans, UGMA's, UTMA's. People have probably heard of those. A lot of people probably know them. But what, but what are your thoughts on those?
0: Yeah, I'm just, you know, for me, I would prefer the 529 plan. The UTMA and the UGMA, I've got, you know, one client who uses those. So just for myself and my and my client base, I don't use them a ton. Now, I think that they can be good tools and strategies. But, you know, so some of the downsides that I don't like about the UTMA and the UGMA, the UTMA would be the Uniform Transfer to Minors Act, UGMA Uniform Gift to Minors Act. And I just... I think kids can get access to it too early, right? You know, UTMA is age 21. They get all of that money. And so when I say get access, you hand it over to them, right? It's not your account anymore. It's their account. The UGMA would be age 18. Generally, it terminates at that point and they have all of it. So it's, um, it's one of those things that's irrevocable transfer, meaning when you put money in there, you can't get it back out until they reach that age. And then they have all of that money to do with what they please. You can't get access to it. So it's, um, you know, I think for some clients it can be good, right? Because if you want to hold stocks in that account, you can't do it in the 529 plans, but you right. can in the UTMA and the UGMAs. You can even put pretty cool financial pro- real estate, automobiles. You can put that in the UTMAs. So if you've got a client who, who really I wants...
1: What if put $5,000 in it and I want 1000 of it for the kid's car when they're 16?
0: Can't do it. Yep. Yep. Whereas, the, the, so the 529 plan on the other side is used a little bit more for education, right? You yep. get a little bit of a, a tax deduction going in. It grows without taxes. As long as we use it coming out for college, we pay no taxes, right? So, so it's gotta be tuition, room and board. You know, we think about books, computer, printer, things like that. As long as it's coming out for that, then it's coming out tax-free. And so for me, I just, I would prefer that bucket. And some people would say, well, what if they don't go to school? What if they get full scholarships? Right? So one thing that we always tell people and a lot of people don't know this is the basis, meaning what you've put into those 529s, it comes out without taxes. So easy math. I've got you know fifty grand uh, of basis. So it's worth hundred grand. I put fifty grand in, so we've got fifty grand of growth. That fifty comes out tax free, but then that other fifty would then be ten percent penalty in taxes if it's not used for school. So I just we we can get some of the money that we put in there back out. But I just we can we can also we've got flexibility with that to transfer it to other kids. I've got three boys. Say my oldest gets a full scholarship or doesn't go to school. Well, I've got two other kids I can transfer it to. I can send it to grandkids. I can do a lot of things there. Nieces, nephews. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we've got some yeah, flexibility. I think a lot of
1: people, you know, like you, we all have the cutest, smartest, best athletic kids on the planet. Absolutely.
0: Right? That's right. Well, so my wife is 6'2". I'm six, <laughs> six seven, yeah. So You guys actually might. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. might. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I say it, I'm kidding. But yeah. when you
1: say it, there's actually a really good chance that's true. But, um, yeah. And, yeah. Your wife's 6'2". Yeah. I yeah. I know. I don't like it when she wears like a little bit. Taller heels, and yeah. I have to look up to her. And, anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh, um, so what if what if you know little Lori gets a uh, full ride, right? And and that's yeah. the only that's the last child, right? So let's say the littlest one gets a full ride. I've got fifty grand sitting in there. Yeah, do I have to pay that ten percent penalty?
0: So again, it depends on how much you put in there. So the other thought would be is you can wait to see a lot of kids now are doing masters programs. So I've got a client who actually just he didn't use the five twenty nine plan money for their undergrad and that they're actually both gonna go and do masters. And so he's using it for their master's program. And I think it it depends on what kind of financial position that the kids are in and the parents, you know, when they're getting out. And so I you know, the other thing you could do is you could gift that five twenty nine plan money to them and have the kids use it and they could take it out at their tax rate. I mean, there's some I just think there's a lot of options with it, and people aren't always explaining those options with the five twenty nine plans. They say, "Hey, if it's not used for school, then it's all taxable," and that's not actually accurate. So,
1: yep, very good. So let's go back a little bit. We talked about um, I meant to ask this earlier, but uh, because some people, I said, you know, you got the chores. You said no chores, just give them the money, educate them. Yeah. What are are your thoughts on that? What's your philosophy? Yeah,
0: I, I don't know. I mean, that book would say that don't tie, do not tie an allowance to chores because then your kids might wake up one day and they say, Hey, I don't, I don't need money. I'm fine. I don't want to do the chores. Mm. And so you might wake up and have and be in that position versus just saying, Hey, you live in this house. This is what we do. Mom and dad, we don't, I don't want to do the dishes, right? I don't want to fold clothes, but that's just what we do as a member of the household. And so that's, that's I think, you're that, in your keep. yeah, that's how you're in your keep. Right. And so that's, I think the position that we're going to take and using money more as a tool, versus tying it to chores. But I also get the other side of, of tying it to chores. Now, if in this scenario, again, in that book, he would explain too, if, there's, if they want to earn extra money, well, then there's extra ways we can do it, right? And that would probably be chores. Right. But um, I, I think it depends on the person. Everybody's different, you know, depending on the way that you were raised. But for us, I think we're saying that we don't want to tie it to chores. We want to use money as a teaching tool you know, and just over time, hopefully they'll figure it out and and be good stewards.
1: So uh, flipping off off of education now, you know, I mentioned these credentials, right? You get your MBA, you've got your certified financial planner degree, you've got your retirement income, uh, certified professional. So RICP, you you know, those things aren't just, hey, I'm going to go across the street and go take a test. So talk to me about that. Why was that so important for you to get those credentials for your clients?
0: Yeah, the NBA, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do after school. And so that one, you know, I started going into coaching. I'd always done volleyball coaching in the summers. And I said, hey, I want to get my MBA and and just, you know, figure it out. And I want to go coach. And so I did that for a year, and I hated it. I was in Chicago. I was away from my, you know, girlfriend, now wife. Uh, and, and with coaching, you've got to go to where the jobs are. So we had a friend go to North Dakota that year. And I said, ah. I don't really want to start moving around the country to try to work my way up. And so I had another grad assistant job open up down here where I could finish my master's. And so I said, I want to do that. Well, then I'm coming back and I said, I've got this finance undergrad, I've got an accounting minor, I've got to figure out something to do. And so I, you know, then I got this internship in a financial field went full time about seven months later. And you know, that was 10 and a half, 11 years ago. So, so the MBA was, I just, I wanted to, you know, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, but then the CFP for me, that was just—it was a big confidence builder. I think that's a mark in our business where I don't know what the stat is, ten to fifteen percent of advisors have it, and you know, just to just to be qualified and certified to say, you know, I, I truly know what I'm doing, right? Because what you don't know will hurt you, right? right? What what certain advisors or people don't know, it, it can hurt them and their plan. And so for me, it was just a huge confidence builder to know that I can walk in any conversation and, and I can be able to impact and influence them and their plan, and then. And then just the RICP was more how do we take income as we get clients who are aging and and closer to retirement or in retirement, how do we spend down money in retirement? How do how do we make medical decisions, healthcare decisions? You know, all those different things, we were getting more and more questions about it. I said I should this is probably something I should pay attention to. And so we're always looking for ways that we can benefit our clients with different designations or certifications. And so that was one of them that I felt like was you know what's important
1: That's awesome and I think too just to piggyback on some of that stuff I mean it, it's you know I get to watch from afar and just your growth over the last 10 years you know we've, we've been together the whole time and, yeah. and so it's cool to watch you you know become a father and, and become a CFP and and become all these things and what I think is amazing is the things that you set out to do and that you put on pieces of paper and then you have the discipline to work hard every single day so if you're a client or a prospect or just somebody driving down the road and you're listening to this, how important is that goal planning for them, whether it's their financial planning or just their life planning?
0: Yeah, I just think it's really important. Um, I, you know, I think just growing up in the scenario that I did, I, you know, I, I struggled a little bit, just, I mean, parents divorced at a young age. And so just, you know, I was the first one of my brothers to go to college and, and I was the only one, boys? uh, there's, there's five of us. Yeah. yeah so, boys. so only one to go to college and get a degree and, And I don't know, I mean, I think part of it's a faith and just God, you know, has has blessed me and that's been uh, extremely important, but I just you have the ability to change your life. And I just think for me it was getting into that internship. And then I started to find some of the self-development and Jim Rohn and Zig Ziegler and some of those guys. And, and then I just, I kept reading and growing. And I just, for me, it's, it's extremely important to better myself every day. I said, I, you know, I, I love my wife and that's something that I want to make sure I pay attention to because I saw it with my parents and, and we struggled there and, and the financial side is we struggled growing up two small business owners uh, trying to make it work. And so for me, it was, I just, I, I wanted to change that and you have the ability to change that. So for me, it's, I just don't think it was an option. I just thought about it so much that, that we struggle in that scenario growing up and, and I can make it different. And I think that's, that's what I do every day now is just my faith is something that I'm trying to grow in. My fitness is something I'm trying to grow in. And then same with my business We're we're constantly um, trying to get better there. And so, I think about that stuff a lot. And then I just work on implementing it versus versus talking about it.
1: And I think too, is you, you've got the end in mind is very clear, right? Cause yeah. when I talk to people about goal planning and, and life planning, strategy planning and financial planning, whatever it may whatever it may be, if I don't know what I want to do in the future, yeah. right. It's really hard to then, you know, like today we'll go downstairs after this and grab some lunch and, I'm going to debate on the French fries or not. And you're just going to have like, you know, like a kale salad or something. Right. And it's like, you're just like this, but a, but you have an end in mind, right. Through, yeah. through, through sports and through your body, whatever it may be, you, you have the end in mind to know exactly to, to take the emotion out of the choice. Is that a fair statement?
0: Yeah, that's a fair statement. Yeah. It's, and so it might seem shallow or things like that, but I've had a goal of, you know, the last couple of years of getting a six pack and it's, it, you know, it's, why i have this goal i don't know but it's it's been extremely important to me so i've had so much growth of uh, with whether it be the intermittent fasting or using my fitness pal as a free app to try to figure out what's what's in everything that we're eating and so my health over the last couple of years has has increased significantly because it's because it's important you know and I, I, like i said that might be a shallow goal but it's it's something that's helping to drive me and it's yeah, the result is fine. If I get there, it's fine. If I don't get there, but the process, I've just started to really enjoy right. that process of I feel good every day. I get up early in the morning and I work out and then I work all day and then I go home you know, and hang out with my kids. If, if I'm not putting the right food in my body, then I don't have the right energy to be able right. to serve people and love them and take care That's
1: of right. them. Well, awesome job, man. Love having you as part of this, uh, Visionary Wealth Advisors. So uh, thanks for that. being on the show today. Uh, awesome knowledge a great amount of wisdom coming from you if you want to find more of Dan Laurie you can go to visionarywealthadvisors.com you can go to our visionaries and you will find Dan right there I'm sure you're on social media as well people can look you up yep. you can also find Edge BBC I'm assuming online there's a website there's yep. volleyball people listening where, where they find that
0: yeah it's it's edgebvc.com
1: edge edgebvc.com check him out at visionarywealthadvisors.com Dan it's great being with you Dan, my friend
0: yep, you too thanks Brett